Hi and welcome to Enbus Talks. In this episode, our experts discuss how to nurture, recruit and keep talent within the maritime industry. Ms. Bang T. Tan, Executive Director at Singapore Maritime Foundation, Dr. Kenneth Lowe, Professor at Singapore Institute of Technology, Mr. Jason Mangle, Managing Director, Asian Pacific Fast Rim Recruitment Group, are all passionate about the topic. Their discussion is moderated by NBAS President and Managing Director at MHST Media Group Asia, Leonard Storms. A warm thanks to DNV for sponsoring this episode of Enbus Talks. And now, please enjoy the show. Very warm welcome to today's discussion organized by the Norwegian Business Association. And we will have a focus today on the maritime industry and the challenges it's um, facing with attracting talent for the future. With us today, we have a very competent panel. Peng Thi Tan, Executive Director at Singapore Maritime Foundation. Dr. Kenneth Lowe, Professor at Singapore Institute of Technology. Thank you, Leo. And last but not least, Jason Mangle, Managing Director, Asia Pacific at FastStream. If we go back to last week at the National Day Rally, uh, the Prime Minister highlighted the importance of the maritime industry and also the development of the big port which is going to be the largest in the world. So when we think about the future and Maritime's um, perspective, what are the main challenges that the industry are facing? It's the big, the big picture. So maybe I can go to you, Peng Ti, first. How do you see this uh, moving forward? Um, my take is that the maritime sector is actually entering a very exciting period. Uh, if you talk to companies, there are certain uh, words that uh, cons consistently appear in, in their conversation. Some people talk about three Ds, you know, uh, so you have uh, digitalization, decarbonization and disruption. Some people talk about uh, two Ts, technology, you know, and transformation. But whether you talk about the three Ds or you talk about the two Ts, there's one big T that is actually very important and that is talent. Because without talent, none of the programs uh, will be executed as smoothly as, as we want. Uh, so talent uh, is a very big piece and uh, talent is also a centerpiece uh, of SMF's work, Singapore Maritime Foundation. Um, we are actually in a way created uh, to augment uh, maritime and port authorities, uh, MPA's uh, work on uh, talent development. So uh, when we look at uh, the talent piece, we also realize that uh, sometimes uh, we look at talent in a very uh, sporadic manner so there's no consistency uh, and because there's no consistency you cannot gain traction mm -hmm. so in smf we take a three-pronged strategy of you must first attract the students to the industry and then you must engage them because if you attract them mm -hmm. and you do not engage them they will leave the industry and then we'll be back to square one and the third strategy that we look at is the growth strategy you must show them that there's actually career pathways so uh, attract um, and then we engage them and then we grow them. Perhaps I'll stop here and then let my fellow panelists uh, have a go at it and then I will elaborate further yes, on please. the programs. Thank you so much. Uh, Jason, you are uh, running a recruitment firm in Singapore and yeah. uh, have a first-hand experience with what's happening in Singapore with the squeeze on, on labour and the challenges companies are facing. How do you see this uh, panning out for the maritime industry? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we 
exclusively deal with the maritime industry. So, um, and there's there's a talent war, basically, that's, that's happening in the industry at the moment um, for a number of reasons. I mean, post post COVID, people are catching up from, um, from what, what they may not have done for for a window of time. Um, but but generally, sectors are doing quite well. So if you look at the, um, the bulk industry and the container industry, they've done incredibly well, record profits over the last uh, last couple of years. That's following on to the tanker industry as well, starting to pick up and uh, and doing reasonably well. Offshore has mm. is, is 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 an emerging market again mm. that that we've seen come through thick and fast at the moment. So um, so so market conditions are are good. Even cruise is coming back, and we're doing lots of yacht side of things as well. So. Um, but this coupled with what we're going through at the moment is the, the great resignation. So, so when, you, when you couple the two together, um, people are resigning. So people are hiring, but people are resigning at the moment as well. And, um, and people are scrambling around to try and keep their existing employees into their business, um, but, but also about hiring new people into the business. So, so there's a hive of activity, huge hive of activity. And then you've got some of the other, the three Ds and the three Ts, the two, two Ts. That, um, yeah, <laughs> the last one was the talent um, uh, that, that Bang T was talking about. Again, this is creating more and more jobs into the into the industry. So um, uh, communications and connectivity, the um, technology piece, um, technology is ever growing. So there's new technology coming into the market continuously now, um, which wasn't happening so much before. And that we're also looking for talent which just don't exist in the maritime industry. So particularly the decarbonisation piece. Um, you know, a lot of the people that we're hiring now are coming from aviation industry, or they're coming from the automotive industry, or they're coming from other industries which are a little bit more ahead, fuel cell technology, these types of things. And um, so it's ever changing. There's just a huge demand. Everybody's scrambling around trying to hire at the moment. So. Um, it's a confusing marketplace at the moment from a talent perspective, but it's a good market to be a candidate. Mm. Really good market. But I get a bit of feedback from industry leaders that they are concerned with the cost base. Is that something that you see might be a challenge moving forward? Yeah, I mean, I think I don't think maritime is the only uh, industry that's concerned about some of the cost base mm. at the moment. Um, and this is globally, not specific mm. to, to Singapore. Everybody with inflation going up and um, you know, companies have had to kind of relook. I've speaking, been speaking to a lot of people in um, com com conversation benefits, and they've revolutionised their comp plans in the last year, in the last two years. How they pay bonuses, what they're paying, how they keep up with inflation. Um, so there's a lot of change in in that way. But there is some concern. Costs are are rising, mm. and um, and uh, yeah, and companies need to. But, but companies will need to pay what they need to pay to be able to to retain. And, uh, and gain new talent. Sure. Kenneth, you see this from the educational perspective. What is your take on, on the future? Um, thanks, Leo. So I, I totally agree with both Bengti and Jason. I think talent is uh, really at the core of everything. And at the university, uh, we are always constantly looking at how we could prepare our talent to be industry ready. And I think one of the approaches to really work closely with industry partners and that gives a glimpse into the industry for our future talent. Um, speaking of that, coincidentally, yesterday was just our day zero for the uh, engineering student. And um, CEO of MTA, Lehun, was with us. And she highlighted this importance of uh, retaining talents after you have attracted them. 
So I think Binti was really right. You have to engage them even before they selected what they really want to study because passions drives many things. Yes. And once they are in the system, you have to constantly engage them. So engage them in terms of the theory in the university, engage them in terms of the practice by the industry and even the government agency. What are the opportunities surrounding the industry that will be available to this talent pool? And I'm beginning to see that traditionally, we are always focusing on very specific discipline, specialization. I think moving forward, we need to have multiple scale. So we need to have digital literacy, communication scale. And in fact, recently I read something that is quite interesting. They call it, they no longer call it STEM. They say STEAM because they add in the A because they say that it's important to also look at the arts and the humanity aspect of things. So you can't just use science to solve a problem without considering the fact that how it affects human beings. So I think in, increasingly it's important for us to also attract talent that see a purpose in our industry. Mm. Um, the recent COVID has really um, sort of like give us a, a very important reflection. Uh, the goods are traveling around the world. Uh, to many countries, there were disturbance, you know, so disruptions that kind of like uh, slow down the flow of goods. But I think in Singapore, we sometimes take for granted, and it is the talent, the talent that's behind the ecosystem that keeps the system going smoothly. And yesterday, I was told by Nehun that 1.8 million seafarer serve 7 over billions of human beings around the world. So when I look at that, I say this 1.8 million seafarer should really be the uh, talent that we should uh, look after and of course subsidized by the rest of the NGOs. So at SIT, I think we will uh, be working towards attracting a diverse pool of talent. Uh, in the past, we used to have uh, students who already have interest in maritime to join us. But right now, we are attracting accountants, ICT students. Even just yesterday, one of the students is uh, studying filmmaking. And he's actually joining our uh, marine engineering degree program. So I thought that is an important step. And I think Bengti has also reminded us, she's on our IAC. So she said that it's important to continue to engage the student uh, proactively. Um, and this is something that we're going to continue to We've seen some companies being quite good at promoting the careers in their organization, but still there's a long way to go. How can uh, the industry itself? help in this to, to position the maritime industry for, for the young? Yes, I, I feel that the maritime industry uh, is generally very hardworking and very quiet behind the scene. Uh, I think they could take a, a big step towards uh, being a bit more um, visible. Um, why I say that is because usually the tech companies are quite uh, well known already. So when they engage the university, uh, they tend to have a big draw towards a student participating in their activities. Uh, rather than actually uh, letting most of the students have an image of just tech company, I think there's a lot of tech company in the maritime industry. So what we could do is to really bring the tech to the university as a first step and then draw the student back to the company. Yeah. So, uh, Jason, you work with many different organizations, right? And you see some are do doing it well and some are not. What, mm. what is common with the companies that really are able to attract talent? Yeah, I mean, the, the progressive companies will, will prosper and they will be able to, um, to attract better talent. And I, I, I think the, one of the issues with 
a lot of maritime companies they're not very good at selling themselves yeah. <laughs> so and i think that um i think the, the modern day um people going for, for jobs there needs to be an aspect where yes. um the companies are selling to them as much as them selling to the companies and uh, and, and i think the companies that that, that really do interview people on that basis and you know you should want to work from us you should know our business inside out before and, and that people should know what interviews they're going for don't get me wrong um but there needs to be an aspect of okay this is what we do and this is why you should be joining us and i think that the maritime industry has probably been a little bit slow to adjust to that and um uh, so so i think that um and i think there's a in some cases there's a huge amount of interviews that are done in the maritime industry as well i think that some companies now are we were speaking to someone the other day they're doing seven or eight interviews in, in one process i think it's too much i think it's too much and one company said to me yeah but google do it i was like but you're not google <laughs> so so you know it's, it's about how they engage people in the first instance and how they encourage them to join um and you know i think some of the larger companies are a bit more visible in terms of what they're doing from a sustainability perspective um, uh, and so on and so forth. And, and some of the initiatives that are coming through from Singapore headquartered companies that I'm seeing on LinkedIn, I'm seeing on their, um, their, their, um, their, their social media portals, through their websites, it's excellent. And, and, and they're the people that are going to be able to pull the best talent into their business because they're doing all the right things. Exactly. So from the associations and the, yes. that's a big picture thing, you are, you're working with many different companies, right? How do you see this? In an industry that is actually hard-pressed for people and for talent, um, my take is that um, the industry must collaborate. Because individually, you, you can choose as best as a talent uh, that you want. But you are also uh, subject to uh, possibilities of that person leaving the company for another company within the industry. Mm. So the strategy must be to enlarge that pool of uh, talent into the maritime uh, sector. So here is where um, SMF uh, comes in. I mentioned earlier about the programs that SMF has. Uh, so one is Attract. Uh, most of the programs that we have is actually uh, to call for collaboration and to create an industry platform to attract talent. Because uh, individually, you can do that much. And as you have said, um, the, the companies with the resources can do it, but you do not uplift the industry as a whole. So if SMF can come in to create that platform, we are actually uplifting uh, the industry. Uh, so um, we have actually created a, um, a platform for companies who want to offer scholarships to the students. Yeah. You know, because um, one of the attraction for of scholarship is also the prestige that is um, attached to it, and also the uh, hidden um, uh, words that this industry cares for you, and that's why all of them actually come together to offer scholarship. Uh, so we actually have a scholarship, and we offer the companies to join us in this platform, so that collectively we can actually reach out to the school, uh, and in that way you actually. Uh, elevate the impression of the maritime sector to the students. Mm. Yeah. So uh, last year, uh, collectively with the company, uh, we raised about $1 million uh, worth of scholarships. So we actually gave 46 scholarships out to students. Uh, so that is one piece. But giving out scholarships is not the full stop. Mm. Uh, there must be the next thing, which is actually to excite them. Uh, shipping is a B2B business. There's very little affinity with an individual 
airline and cruise business. So in a way, you have to bring the industry to the to the students. And internship is one best, one of the good ways to do it because, first of all, you bring the subject matters taught at school to life, and then they can actually appreciate the industry. And when they work with the uh, company, they see the purpose. It's a meaningful industry to go into. You know, we talk about supply chain resilience. You know, we, 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 talk, we talk about bringing food to all parts of the world. We talk about shipping moving 80% of the world trade. So if you are able to actually show uh, it to the students, then there's actually much more pool for them to stay in the industry. Uh, then, of course, then uh, we also want to uh, create uh, peer support. And that's where we also form a youth club to allow peer support. And we also work with the Singapore Shipping Association to provide um, uh, peer support as well as group mentorship, something that uh, we are looking at. So this will be engagement at the student's level. But as, as an industry, uh, MPA has also come up with uh, mixing, um, make maritime your port of call. So that is really um, a, a full blast to the public at large, uh, telling them the world of maritime, what maritime is about. So hopefully, as people get to know about maritime, they themselves can influence others to join the sector. And then you create a space for maritime to be amongst uh, the other job um, segments that job seekers are looking at. You know, uh, so we, we may even you know, be as good as uh, professional services. Uh, the other area that I, I, I thought I would like to talk about is that uh, Many people have a stereotype image of maritime, you know, so they think of maritime as the port, which is good because we are a global hub port. Uh, you know, we, we move more than 37 million uh, containers in one year. Uh, then they talk about shipyards and they just see the ship at the distance. Yeah. Um, but uh, shipping is beyond this and they didn't realize that shipping is actually transforming. Uh, and it is transforming because you've got new ideas that are being generated People are looking at technology. And, and that's why uh, uh, in MPA, um, we formed the Peer 71 to, to create a marketplace and a platform for people with ideas to come together. You know, we have 3D printing uh, that uh, the Williamson Group is actually looking at yeah. in Singapore. But all these are not out mm -hmm. into the public. Mm -hmm. uh, and because we want to try to make sure that the public get a sense of what uh, uh, Singapore Maritime is about, we also work with uh, Channel News Asia to come up with a series about innovations that are being created in Singapore. So um, if the um, uh, companies, uh, the IHLs, you know, as well as the um, public agencies come together collectively to push maritime, I'm very confident that we will be able to elevate the uh, image of maritime uh, to the public and to students at large. We will be able to get our fair share of talent. I guess one of the, the challenges is to attract the talent, but also to keep them yes. in the organization. And I got one comment yesterday when I was in a meeting that Singapore now see a lot more Singaporeans in senior leadership in the maritime segments than it was 10, 20 yes. years ago. So that's a good trend. But Jason, if you were the Minister of Manpower for one day... <laughs> okay, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. <laughs> what, what, what would you immediately change or improve upon? to really uh, get the attractiveness of maritime up on the higher up the question. Um, I, I think the, the ministries, I think in general in Singapore, they've got a good balance in terms of, in terms of how they work and, and how they operate um, and, um, and, and attracting the right 
the right talent. I know there's quite a heavy focus towards tech and technology now, um, but I think one of the benefits with Singapore is maritime's always been at the forefront. It's always been a big piece of the pie, and it's always um, uh, there's always there's always been priority given to the maritime industry from from, from that side as well. Um, I know I hear from clients and from various people that it's more difficult, and from us to a certain degree as well, it's more difficult to be able to um, to hire people of a certain salary level, um, mm. and that that bracket's gone up. But but like I, mean, I think like any country in the world, I mean it's it's their citizens, which is first and foremost, it's a nation of five five and a half million people, and um, and they need to be able to prioritise that while balancing and you know pmd's speech national day speech last week about making sure they've got the right talent to be able to come into in, into singapore as well mm. so so i think their i think their balance has been has been relatively i think their balance has been relatively good it's not without frustrations from some companies and i and i get that and i completely mm. understand that and um and and it can be problematic or difficult to to get people in that certain salary landing but um but on the whole I think they manage it quite well. I totally agree. But Kenneth, if you were on that chair for one day and looking at it from an educational perspective, what would you change? Um, I think, first of all, I would like to really promote the visibility of uh, marine time uh, to students uh, even way before uh, they reach secondary school. Mm. Why I said so is because I myself was attracted to the maritime industry um, through association of uh, my uncle, who was a sailor. And, and I think that really left a lot of impression on me when I was young. Um, and I stayed true in marine time my entire career. Um, so I thought seeding that uh, potential of the marine time uh, at a very young stage is really important. So I will work with MOE, my counterpart, <laughs> to ensure that, that there is a certain emphasis um, on the importance of the marine time industry for Singapore. Because as a uh, in an island, you know, we, we really need to rely on the sea you know, for our um, business. Um, secondly, I will probably try to really work on policy uh, that will continue to support the maritime, give it an extra help. I think in Singapore, generally speaking, we're always quite impartial. We say everybody's equal, which I think is a good practice. But I think sometimes we do have to give a bit of a push when that is needed. And I think we are at a stage where it's very visible to the entire nation that the maritime industry has helped us through the COVID. So I think in return, you should actually have certain subsidies or certain support that help to uplift the industry further. Yeah. And, and I think just to add on the last bit where I really agree with Vinti uh, is the internship part. So I think the school can really, you see, internship always starts from the IHL. Why can't we let the primary school student do a, a bit of an internship? <laughs> For a couple of days, I mean that would really change their work, and, and I would really, uh, you know, sort of like um, encourage companies to, to to basically support that initiative because companies usually are quite afraid of dealing with kids. Oh, yeah, <laughs> they're going to run about. You know, it's dangerous. But I think letting them come and take a look at operation uh, would be a big push. You think you're already working with <laughs> authorities on many different levels? Is there anything you would dare to, to say here that maybe uh, could be something new um, for them to think about? Actually, um, personally, I, I, I would actually adopt um, 
a, a kind of a flexible approach um, to allow a gestation period for certain skills that may be lacking in Singapore and to be a, a bit more generous uh, with employment passes, but concurrently to actually uh, uh, look very seriously at how we can actually fill this gap. Uh, and filling this gap sometimes need not necessarily be about filling it uh, just with uh, people, but it is about changing uh, the job role. Uh, and I said this because um, shipping is undergoing a lot of transformation. Uh, you have um, sensors on board ship, uh, you have uh, uh, digitalization. So what was perceived in the past as a role that maybe a technical superintendent or a marine superintendent must do may actually be no longer the same. You know, so then the question is, in the job, can, can we actually look at job redesign, look at uh, how we can, uh, in a way, filter out some roles to uh, pass to another group of people to look at it so that you free the bandwidth of uh, this uh, critical person to actually look after much more ships uh, mm -hmm. under his purview. Uh, so that is actually job uh, uh, redesign. And uh, the other um, area I, I, I feel um, is that um, we should uh, also, um, like what Kenneth has mentioned, uh, start looking at uh, seeding ideas in the young. Mm. Uh, because by the time they are in uh, secondary polytechnic uh, level, they would have made up their mind what they want to do for their career. And, and it's too late to make any changes. So, uh, which then means that you have to go uh, further uh, uh, upstream to when, when they are much younger. And uh, we realized that in SMF, and we're actually creating a website for the young, young, young kids. So and it must be an interactive uh, website. It must be fun. But this um, uh, fun um, thing that we're creating must depict some of the characters that are working in maritime. Uh, so we are uh, doing uh, this, and we hope to be able to complete this website uh, by uh, end of the year so that we can, we can actually then launch it. In the process, we have also created a character called Boti, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, we realize also that um, most of the kids will play with aeroplanes you know, because they are so familiar <laughs> going to the airport and aeroplanes. But none of them really have a, a, um, a toy, which is a, a boat or the ship. Even if they want to play in the bathroom, it is a little yellow ducky that they play with and not the boat. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so we actually created uh, this. Um, um, icon, you know, called Boti, and, and we use that as a character to illustrate job roles. So hopefully when these uh, young kids play with it, mm. then they will form the impression, mm. and then you are not so remote from maritime. Mm. Um, and, and then because the, the parents will play with the kids, so the parents will also get inducted into the maritime world. Uh, so these are things that uh, we are doing as well. I think that's a very good point, uh, Kenneth, when it comes to the secondary school. Yeah. I have children in school here, and I've never heard them coming back talking about the maritime industry. Yes. So we have a job to do there with the Ministry of Education, at least. Yes. Get that Particularly when it's such a big part of the history yeah. of, of Singapore as well. Yeah. I think that's, that's where that's probably the Yeah, there's a lot of value in that story. Yeah. Right? yeah. One thing that often comes up in, in meetings that we have is a bit of a changes in the way companies operate in Singapore. Mm. We're keeping the core management there, but outsourcing finance to Philippines mm. and technical management to India because of the cost, because of the yeah. constant movement of 
of people. Is that a, a big issue, a big problem, or is it okay? Kenneth, how do you think about this? Um, personally, I feel that that is not a big issue. Uh, why is it so? It's because Singapore has always remained open, and I think we have to continue to remain open. Um, for a small country like us, we have to work with the best talent around the world. And sometimes uh, we have to offshore certain uh, tasks that are more competitive. Um, I would probably say that the complexity comes in in handling perhaps some uh, political uh, pushback <laughs> because it's always um, a concern of the local to say that why don't you hire me and hire somebody uh, which is in Philippines or elsewhere. So um, I think more important is also, as what Jason uh, alluded to earlier, the pay has to be uh, commensurate. So if you are doing certain tasks and you want to be uh, paid uh, a reasonable salary, I think it has to come with the skill sets. So I think Singaporean, as what uh, we said earlier on, is also have to upskill so that they could uh, really handle uh, the job that uh, otherwise could not be handled outside of Singapore, I mean outside of Singapore. One thing I, I feel quite important in Singapore is we have always relied on foreign talent and I think a lot of uh, cities around the world has actually um, replicated this uh, success and, and I think a very good example is Dubai. I think you look at Dubai today, you know, Dubai is thriving you know, with, despite the pandemic, they are thriving. And I think now it's actually sort of our turn mm -hmm. to really sort of uh, study from them why they have continued to thrive despite COVID. And I think part of the reason is they continue to be open. So uh, my, my thing is we have to uh, balance, but at the same time, uh, explain why uh, certain things are done in a more open manner. Maybe Jason can also add on to it because mm. it's complex. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree. I, I, I think Singapore, as it is, I mean, you can't be all things to to every everyone. So, and Singapore is a very specialised hub. It's a it's a huge trading hub, a huge transshipment hub, and there are some jobs which, from a shared service perspective, companies are going to want a better cost effective base to do that, and that will be, you know, whether it's in the Philippines, India, or, or wherever companies have, have, have chosen to, to do that. And we've helped companies with that. We've, we've helped companies in the past with that, and it's just not worked. I mean, certainly ship management companies we've helped, and they just don't have the same kind of scale as what some of the larger um, maritime companies do, um, container companies and stuff. Um, and, it's, and it's had mixed results. So, and actually some of the companies have, have, have brought those roles, those shared services roles, whether it be a finance or IT, those types of roles, they brought them back into Singapore. But I don't think that the expectation for Singapore to be able to hold on and be everything to, to everyone is just not right. No, that's fine. It has yeah. to make some take some some choices, right? The thing yeah, is, yeah. um, we take a very pragmatic approach. Um, if the company feels that by, by outsourcing certain functions, uh, it actually helps them competitively while remaining in Singapore to do some of the higher value work I think it is really the company's prerogative. Uh, but at the same time, um, I also feel that we should not just take this, um, um, just, just take this um, outsourcing uh, for, you know, just take it at face value and not do anything about it. Because there, there, there are ways that you can go about doing it. So for example, the use of robotics, you know, for, for accounting, it is actually possible. And I also feel that now with cybersecurity risk, 
increasing. Even when you outsource, you know, uh, some of your functions, you must make sure that your outsource partner has the same level of security as you. So then the question is, is it better for some of these functions to be done in Singapore, uh, but harnessing technology and ensuring cybersecurity? Yeah. Um, then the other uh, area which Jason has actually highlighted is if um, outsourcing and shared services is going to be the thing that grow, can we not attract some of these rapid, I mean, these uh, shared services to be in Singapore? You know, so it, it could be uh, done that way as well. Yeah. Another point is the collaboration between nations. Singapore yes. and Norway has a very tight and good cooperation on the maritime yes. side. Same with the UK. But how can this be better um, developed than it is at the moment? Because we are all fighting for talent in, in Norway and UK as well, but we are fighting battles individually. Yeah. Is there any way we can bring this together and better um, lift the awareness for the industry, um, maybe within the nations that we are cooperating with? Kenneth? Yes. So uh, we are working quite closely with SINTEF, uh, so between TCOMS and SINTEF. Uh, on autonomous uh, vessel. I think that is going to be a real breakthrough uh, in, a, in the coming decades. Um, separately, SIT is also working with NTNU. So I think you're familiar with the uh, leading university that have a lot of uh, innovations in the space of maritime. So I think at the IHL and the Research Institute level, we are already working closely. I think right now, um, we should really move towards exchange because uh, exchange always promotes understanding. Uh, exchange uh, promote um, the especially the innovations that is uh, something conceptualized in the university to get it commercialized in company. So I uh, that is really important you know, from the perspective of uh, higher education. Thank you. You also working with, yeah. with Norway. Yeah. Oh, I love Norway. Yeah. Uh, I, I exchange programs are good. Uh, it actually allows. Uh, parties from both sides to understand the culture and values of a, of a country. Uh, so that's why I, uh, I also agree with Kenneth that at the tertiary level, if there are actually exchange programs, uh, that would be fantastic. And hopefully from these exchange programs, it will seed, you know, friendship. And over time, you know, they, they become friends. And uh, that is actually very uh, strong bondage that you can uh, build. So exchange program, I feel, will be one. Uh, the other um, area that we could possibly uh, look at uh, would be if we believe that maritime suffers an image issue, can we not collaborate and raise the image of maritime collectively? Yeah. Uh, otherwise, I think um, three years down the, the road, we will be talking about the same issue about the image of maritime. Jason, anything that you want to add on? No, I, mean, I, I think the image is a, is a, is a, is a great uh, example, um, uh, it being a bit old-fashioned, but actually everything's changing now. It's becoming very exciting to be to be part of and, and to be in maritime. I think that needs to be communicated well. And exchange programs, I think, are, are, are a great idea. I think that they're a fantastic idea. We have, um, we have the same. We need to expose people to different countries at an earlier age, and we need to expose people to different cultures at an earlier age. Um, we have an office in Southampton in the UK, for example. I was from that office and I was moved over here. Now, 
there's nobody else since me that's moved over from Southampton to, to Singapore. And Singapore's an incredible place to, to live and work, but people are just comfortable within their own surroundings and their own, own, own environments. I happened to travel and work abroad beforehand, so I was exposed to that and used to that, and the opportunities are there. So, um, but I think the more people that we can get to travel, to experience different cultures um, in different companies, in different countries, I think it's going to benefit everyone. So with the with the uh, increased use of artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. automation, etc., and you see at the new port at Tuas, it's highly automated. How is that changing the skill sets needed for the future mm -hmm. for the industry? It's, in, in fact, it's real disruption to education as well. Um, as educator, we ourselves have to be retrained. In fact, because mm -hmm. traditionally we are like mechanical engineer, electrical engineer. And perhaps even in the area of business, they are quite focused on financing accounting. So uh, SIT has taken a new approach, which Penty is aware. We have intentionally included digital literacy. Yeah. So all the students have to take uh, digital literacy as part of their curriculum. We have also included critical thinking because we realize that um, you know, with science and technology, you have the questions. Is this the right uh, technology to solve? this problem or you could actually find another way of solving the same problem. Um, we have also uh, included innovation, especially in the area of design thinking. Um, sometimes uh, you know, we tend to solve problems with what uh, solutions that are already available. But I think we need to take a brand new look because with artificial intelligence, uh, now we are talking about designing an entire ships using artificial intelligence. Uh, it's already been done in China. So they could actually come up with iteration of different how form. So I think very soon uh, the whole industry will, will transform. So you will not have draftsmans, you will have actually um, very uh, skillful naval architect uh, looking at the variation of design and then pick the best uh, for the customer. So I think we really have to embrace this change. And I think there are two things that are currently facing the higher education. One is uh, the rapid change of technology, they are changing so quickly. Secondly, it's I think really the pressure coming from the climate change. I think the young people do uh, want to see a future that is bright and sustainable. So I think we also have to work very hard in ensuring that sustainability is addressed. But is, is the industry really good enough at highlighting the importance of sustainability and drawing talent that way? Because there's a lot of young that have a passion for, for that. But I, but I don't see the industry really promoting it as much as it could. Yeah, I think the whole industry is doing it, but again, not saying it. Like, for example, IMO has set a very tough uh, you know, regulations for our industry. Uh, IMO 2020 is an example, no South of you all. That, that has actually changed quite a lot of operation. I think the next step is really 2050, when we really want to go and cut down um, a significant amount of uh, emission. Um, I must say that many companies are actually moving towards that aspect. Uh, I give you an example. The future ships will actually be running on alternative uh, future fuel. So people talk about hydrogen fuel cell. Some talk about uh, full electrification. I think it's not going to be one way or another, but it's a combination of uh, power source. And therefore, um, I think the industry is already embarking on this endeavor. What we need to do again is to broadcast all these initiatives, attract the young people to join us. Yesterday, when I talked to some of the students, the new students joining us, they keep asking this question. They said, how can we contribute in the area of sustainability? Are you all teaching us sustainability? 
And I think it sort of hit me very hard because we embed, but we don't actually have a specific module on sustainability. I think probably we have to do it so that there's emphasis you know, or even the projects that we ask the student to work on. It should be real life project that has a sustainability angle. So I guess from the recruitment uh, segment, uh, Jason, you are looking for new skills that you didn't really identify 10 years ago. Yeah. What, what is on top of your list when you're looking for the best talent? So it, there's a few few different things. I mean, we're looking at new technology with regards to fuel cell technology and all of these different types of technologies is, 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 is common to see um, now, um, very different. Um, but but so one of the one of the biggest areas that we see is uh, is female talent. Yeah. So um, and on, you know D E and I is a huge part mm. and makeup of the maritime industry at the moment globally, not just in Singapore but but, but globally. Mm. And um, and you know boards do not have um, a balanced enough board, and um, in general they don't. And and it's been uh, there have been goals set D E and I goals set by companies. To be able to, um, to to increase that and to be able to make it a lot more balanced and a lot more equal across the board. So of course it doesn't start on the board. So I do a lot of executive search work, um, which involves hiring CEOs, those types of people. And um, and the common trend that we had was we need to see more females in the shortlist. I was like, okay, there aren't you you can't have a 50-50 shortlist of females and males at the moment at that level for that type of company because there just aren't enough females in the industry um, and contributing. So that needs to start from the bottom and work its way up. But there's been a huge amount of emphasis on that now um, with with companies. And um, and that's attractive to to, to businesses. Uh, to, to It's attractive to, to, to candidates that are joining businesses. Um, so we hear a lot of noise about sustainability. We hear a lot about um, the new types of roles and new types of talent people are looking for. We hear about decarbonisation. It's talked about quite a lot in discussions when we're taking job risks. It's not communicated very well beyond that um, and by the companies themselves. Some are better than others. And like I said before, the progressive companies that can communicate that well, they're going to prosper and they're going to be able to get, get much more talent. Any further comments on this? Yeah, um, I think because of the three Ds and two two Ts, uh, there, 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 there must be certain things that we need to do. So uh, kind of addressed uh, what can be done at the tertiary uh, institutions, which is good because cu curriculum must be changed to make it relevant to the world of tomorrow. Yeah, so that is one. But those that are in the doing the job currently, their skills ought to be augmented because otherwise they'll be left behind. Mm -hmm. So um, employers should also upskill those uh, who may not be equipped with the skills by actually sending them uh, for courses. Uh, so uh, if we are able to put that uh, in place, then uh, that would be um, very good uh, for the industry. Yes. Um, and then I think to Jason's point about um, diversity, you know, in, in the workforce. Um, in Singapore, we're relatively okay, um, maybe in certain sectors, uh, but that is also because I, I think from the uh, early, early start of, of, of uh, you know, our late minister, Mentor Lee Kuan Yew, he believes in education. Education is equal for whether you're male or you're a female, and actually that gives us that opportunity to move forward. And some of the females actually are also taking um, 
high level jobs, but maybe not in huge numbers. So uh, just to quote some examples, um, we have the first female CEO in MPA, um, and then Singapore Shipping Association has uh, the first uh, female as well. And also in the uh, national uh, NTUC, uh, Mary Liu is also uh, heading uh, top position in um, NTUC. It will take time. It will take time, uh, but uh, we will get there. Yeah. But one thing that always impresses visitors from Norway coming to Singapore is the foresight and the long-term planning that Singapore has, that it's possible to really push this forward in a really good way. So I've asked quite a few uh, challenging, difficult questions, and we have a few minutes left. Is there anything that you think we should uh, put on the table that we haven't discussed? Kenneth? Okay. Um, I believe that um, it's a collective effort. So um, the university, um, the company, the association uh, have to work together. Uh, and I think the way to work together should be multifaceted, just like what uh, both Jason's and Katie uh, has mentioned. Um, but we do need to identify certain uh, areas that is critical to our industry right now. And I think uh, technology, addressing both um, the gaps and also the existing workforce, which Pinky just mentioned earlier on, so, so that really uh, trigger a thought in me that we need to look at those who are currently uh, at the verge of being scaled up and help them to remain in this industry because our industry is one driven not just by technology, by competitiveness, also by experience. You know, you, you know some somebody in the industry for many, many years, and you can always make a phone call and say, let's work together on something. And, and I think these are the people that we need to really retain through upskilling. And I personally will make it an endeavor to do that. Very good. Jason, anything that we should uh, discuss that we haven't? Yeah, I, th I, think, I think one of the important parts for, for businesses at the moment is, is being able to is being able to, to nurture the staff on their problems. They need to be able to retain retain their staff. And and some of that is is a little bit more difficult than others. Some of it's through benefits and um, the pay structure, making sure you, you've got good salary benchmarking in a business, particularly when you're attracting people from different industries and you know what they're paying and what, what needs to be paid as well for the maritime industry. Um, but but then also when, when people join the business, um, management is a is an issue for not 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 just the maritime industry, but in general, and about um, having good, competent managers that can manage different generations. Um, and I think that's one of the areas which um, which I think every everyone globally struggles a little bit with, with leadership. And I think people generally start to do leadership um, training and courses later in their career when they've got to a real senior leader, mm -hmm. as opposed to when people are team leaders or managers and starting to learn how to manage people and um and i think that that's one of the biggest reasons why we the surveys that we do is one of the biggest reasons why people are leaving because people join good companies but they leave bad bosses oh, yeah so and uh, and that's something which i think that can be helped to be coached um and and to be learned and it's not always trial and error because trial and error when you're leading people means that you've made a mess up of this once that person's gone and so then you need to get somebody else in and uh, yeah, the industry's not that forgiving so so that's what i would say is companies to think about and how they can can really look at their um, their management and how they train them very good thank you 
as, as I was listening, three words came to my mind, call for collaboration. Um, um, for talents, because it is a common issue, uh, I feel very strongly that the industry should come together, you know, to solve a common issue on hand. On hand. And SMF will be very happy, you know, to, to be that platform to take in feedback from the industry. Yeah, with these uh, final words from uh, Bengti, call for uh, collaboration. We thank the three panelists for a very good discussion. I thank you for a good uh, talk with her. And uh, I <clears throat> welcome you to nbus.org.sg to, to view the, the play. Thank you for listening to NBUS Talks. And thank you once again to DNV for sponsoring this episode. Please go to nbus.org.sg and find more information about our projects and our podcast.